Hey, Trinity Life, we are in our Revive One Another series. I got Michelle with me here. She's one of our our three leaders. She's been with us forever. Yeah. Hey, guess what we're talking about? Forever. (laughs) (laughs) One another forever. I didn't even plan it. That just like came out. Yeah, that just came out. So Michelle's been with the church. She's helped build this church. And I'm so excited to be here with you today talking about the scriptures, um, which is just one of our favorite topics, yes. talking about the things of God. Yes. So uh, this series, remember, all we've done in this series is each of us has taken this passage, in this case, three verses. We've taken these three verses and we've meditated on them by reading them over and over again, asking the Lord what he wants to say to us so that he could form us through it and we can give you what he's formed us with so that hopefully you are also formed more into the image of God as we go through today and go through, through these three verses. So today, it's one another forever, and you'll see why. That probably seems like one of the weirder ones, like why why that? Well, that word is used in this passage, as you read earlier today, um, and we'll talk about why that's the case as we go through it. So, Michelle, let's let's jump in. Okay. And so what's, what's the Lord been speaking to you through this passage? Let's start through this passage. Let's start out with one thing, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay, yeah. Well, there were two main things that I was meditating on, but the first part would be the first um, couple verses. So do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm-hmm. So it's the first verse. So that kind of, um, I was as I was meditating on that, I was reminded of um, other passages in scriptures and in the scripture that kind of talked about this. And the first one that came to mind was James 4. Yeah. Um, and it talks about like, um, you know, wh- you know, why do you quarrel and fight? And it's because you have these desires at war within you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, James says something kind of really bold. He's like, you adulterous people. And I was like, I remember when I heard, read that for the first time, I was like, adultery? Like, what does that have to do mm-hmm. with like this? And as I researched that concept, um, I realized like adultery is idolatry. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of connected in the scriptures and that's why it's a yeah. theme all throughout, right? So and first Corinthians, Paul connects them together. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So it's all over. Um, so when I was thinking about that, actually, at the time, I um, had somebody in my life who was going through um, their marriage was breaking down and it was because of adultery. And I remember um, hmm. oh, it's such a sad story. Like, so she cared for her spouse um, even through his cancer battle. And it was like years. And so all those years he was actually cheating on her with somebody that was really close oh, to her. Wow. And then when he found out, oh, sorry, when she found out and he was like exposed, his response to her was, why can't I have a wife and a mistress? Oh, and wow. I remember hearing that and being like, so angry and like, what? Like, and then I, when I was reading wow. the scriptures, I heard God say to me like, this is what, how people are with me all the time. Like, oh, man. it's like, do you, you know, are you for me or do you also want an idol? Right. And so I, it made me rethink uh. idolatry. Like, just that statement, why can't, why can't I have you, a wife, and a mistress? How, how many people, I mean, <laughs> just think about that for you and your walk of faith. Why can't I have God and also love this thing in the world? Mm-hmm. Why can't I have both? Why can't I love God and be rich mm-hmm. you know, and love money? Mm-hmm. Why can I love God and also, you know, fill in the blank, right? And and that's what uh, this 
Wow. Yeah. So that's a crazy. Like my husband, if my husband ever said that to me, he'd be like, smack. <laughs> like, no way. Like, I think more than so, a smack would be coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, God, like, you know, I, I, then all the passages about God being a jealous God started making sense too. Yeah. It was like, he should be a jealous God. Like I would be jealous. Yeah. So yeah, I just, it made me realize like in my heart, like my devotion to God, like, is it divided? Am I double minded? Am I? Um, so that's how I look at idolatry now. And so when yeah. I read this, that's the first thing that came to mind is, of course, the love of the father can't be in you if you have love for the things of the world. Right. right? Like, yeah. Right. And and Paul talks about this. I can't remember what what letter, what what book in the New Testament where he says Demas went away from us because he fell in love with the things of this world, mm-hmm. with the ways of this world. And and so it, it it's a drawing away from what your true purpose, your true identity is. And here, in this, in this first verse that you read, he says, do not love the world. And, and for a lot of us as, as Christians, we may say, oh, I don't love the world. But then he says, or even, right, or slash even, the things in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that may make it a little bit more specific for us or, or more helpful for us to evaluate our own hearts. Um, because here's the reality. If we do, and this is a stark really hard statement if we do love those things the love of the father isn't in us so how do we how do we evaluate that what what are how do i know if i love the things of this world if Mm -hmm. i am trying to follow god and follow a mistress right how Mm -hmm. how do i know if i'm cheating on the bride of christ Mm -hmm. how do i or cheating on Christ as his bride, right? Yeah. Cheating on the groom, where we are Christ's bride. So what, what, how do I evaluate myself in that way? What are some things that, some markers or some questions I would ask to say, oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I am doing that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like if we keep going, um, it talks a bit more about um, having like the word forever. So this is the topic of today, like... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one another forever. Um, is that the top? Wait, that's the, yep. the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is. So I, <laughs> two things that come to mind in response to that, like, that's a good question. I feel like, I think a couple weeks ago, I think it was Missy who said like, um, we're or in that conversation with Missy, you guys talked about how we deceive ourselves. Mm. Right. So that's true. Like we can deceive ourselves and think like, we're not, I'm not cheating on God, <laughs> not like whatever. Um, but I feel like when we live in community, which is what we've been talking about so far, yeah. you can kind of see it more clearly, like in others. Yeah. Um, or And people can see that in you. So I think that's one thing. But I also think if we kept going, um, uh, and we t- it talks about the world passing away. Um, so all the things, okay. So it talks about the things in this world are gonna eventually pass away. The world's going mm-hmm. to pass away. So that kind of that kind of has that theme of what is temporal or temporary and yeah. what is eternal. So usually if we're longing for the things that are now or today or that are temporary that will mm-hmm. pass away, that's probably a sign that we're not, yeah. Right, right. So that's really good. So two things on that. In the the week before this with Jamie in this passage, <coughs> He says that the darkness is passing away. Mm. And now he says the world is passing away along with its desires. So 
what he's saying here is, well, that's the darkness. Mm-hmm. So if you know, just catch that in First John, he's saying this the same thing about these two things are they're passing away, which means they they're the same thing. That uh, the world and its desires, there's a darkness there that's that's passing. So keep that in mind as we talk about this more, because um, Jesus is shedding light on the eternal things and the temporal things, mm-hmm. right? And, and that doesn't mean that all the temporal things are bad, mm-hmm. but um, let's just take marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, if someone aspires to marriage, but their their whole identity is wrapped around that, they're, they're pursuing marriage because they think it's going to complete them, they think marriage is going to make them whole, that they're not going to be lonely anymore, those things, they've put their faith and trust in something that is temporal and passing, that is not eternal, mm-hmm. right? Even though marriage is a good thing, mm-hmm. even though marriage showcases the beauty of, of the glory of God. Um, but also on the other hand, Paul says, you might be happier if you stayed single mm-hmm. and I'm married because you're devoted to Jesus fully. fully yeah. Um, and so sometimes marriage can even become the mistress, mm-hmm. which is... Yeah, kids, all oh, the things man. that are gifts from God. Can Don't become- even get me started on kids. <laughs> Yeah, so many people, their mistresses, their kids. Yeah. Um, but we won't go. That's no. I can I can talk the rest of the time on, <laughs> on just just that. But so what the point is, you can even have good things that are good. They're good gifts from God that lead you astray because you put um, a wrong emphasis there. Yeah. Or you have a wrong perspective on that. Well, like. Even in like all the scriptures in the Old Testament, like idols, weren't they like representing things that were gifts from God, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of idols are like wealth or like children. Yeah, yeah, fertility. Fertility. Like I feel like those were all meant to be gifts, but then they became our idols, things that we yeah, 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 rain. We need rain. We need it to live, right? But it becomes yeah. So yeah, and so let's go back to verse sixteen because. Here's where he defines what those things are. He says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life or pride in possessions, Mm. those three things define um, the things of this world or the ways of this world. So desires of the flesh. Yeah. Desires of the eyes. And and pride of life. Mm -hmm. Um, So... In, in terms of evaluating and thinking about our hearts, I think uh, these next two verses, like you said, he's giving us a framework he for us, that. Yeah. He's, he's telling us, like, what, this is how you evaluate whether you are serving God wholeheartedly, where you love God wholeheartedly, whether you've given your whole self to him, or if you have a mistress. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think... Like how you spend your time. Yeah. Um, what are your true desires of the flesh? Mm-hmm. Um, the desires of the eyes can be time as well. Like what are you putting into your body? What are you What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you chasing after? Yeah. Missy and I were talking about this earlier because we're passed by a pretty big accident in the city. Um, and... Uh, they're directing traffic very well, but everyone stops mm-hmm. to look. Yeah. Right? Like on, on looker <laughs> traffic, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I said to Missy, I'm like, what does that do for somebody 
to just look? What does that satisfy in their soul to just see what happened? Right? Mm -hmm. Like after that, they, they forget it has no bearing on their life, really. They just are curious and they see. And so much of the desires of the eyes is, is that. Mm -hmm. um, now, this passage, and, and then, oh, let me finish this. And then pride of life, pride and possessions. What do you spend your money on? Mm -hmm. What do you take the resources that God has given you? What do you do with those resources? Mm -hmm. I think those things reveal to you what your mistresses are if you yeah. have them, yeah. where your idols are, yeah. how you are committing adultery in your relationship with God. Yeah. Do you have? No, I think I think those are good. Like, um, like desires of the flesh to me, I just think of like um, those things that like physical things, things that we, um, our, our body, mm -hmm. eyes, like, yeah, all those things. Honestly, if you look at anything in your life, um, the moment it starts to take your eyes off of God or draw you away mm -hmm. from him, or then it becomes, it's that, it's that dangerous, right? And all of those, and that's the thing, everything can become that, right? That's mm -hmm. because we're living in a temporal world and we don't really have eternal perspective all the time. Yeah. So yeah. It's like we all live in <laughs> Australia. Anything can kill you in Australia. <laughs> like, like anything can kill you here. Yeah, yeah, uh, for yeah. sure, yeah. And um, so, yeah. this passage, guys, um, these three things. If we go way back to the Book of Genesis, we've been doing that a lot in this uh, series. Yes, we have. Yes, we Genesis have. Genesis sets us sets us sets us up. Yeah. So I mean, he starts there, right? That was yeah. from the beginning. So if we go to Genesis chapter 3, okay. verse 6. So just set this up. This is after creation. God has created. Uh, Adam is there. Um, not our bearded Adam. Probably a... <laughs> Maybe non, a bearded Adam. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Depends on how Eve um, feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, He's named, he's named all the animals. There's a companion suitable for him. Uh, God says it's not good that he may, that he should be alone. And so he creates Eve. Again, I've talked about this before, but um, not in this segment. Eve is, uh, this isn't, God isn't instituting marriage here yet. He's instituting community. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and you're like, well, then why doesn't he make another man? Why does he make a woman? Well, he makes a woman because earlier he said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. So they have to multiply to create more and more community, mm -hmm. to create more disciples of, Christ, of, of God, to, mm -hmm. make, to create, to, to perpetuate the image of God in creation. Mm -hmm. All right, so marriage comes later, um, just a few verses later it, it comes. And then we don't know how much time elapses, but Adam and Eve are living perfectly in the garden. They're having a good time. God is with them. They're in the presence of the Lord. They have anything they want, guys. Anything they anything. want. Anything. Yeah. And everything they need. Everything they need. Yeah. And there's this one thing, though, that God has said well, don't eat of this tree. There's this one thing. And, and you're like, well, why? Why does God put that in there? If they have everything they need, everything they want, why does God say, well, you can have anything you want, you have everything you need, except don't eat from this one tree, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's because God has given us free will. That's how we love. We show, we show, God, we show God we love him through our actions. And, mm -hmm. and uh, well, we talked about this 
two weeks ago, I think. Um, if we obey Christ's commandments, then it shows that mm-hmm. the love of God is perfected in us. Mm-hmm. And so this is, they just have one commandment here. One, one, hey, don't do that. And God has given them free will to choose to do it or to choose to choose not to. Well, they go through however long choosing not to, but then the serpent comes along and they end up choosing to do it, which leads us to verse six. And so remember, this is corresponding with the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, or the pride in possessions. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, desires of the flesh, mm-hmm. that it was a delight to the eyes, desires of the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, pride of life, mm-hmm. she took it and ate it. And then she gave some to Adam, and he ate it. And we've all suffered since. Wow. So that's what John's picking up on here. Wow. Cool that you found that. <laughs> yeah, you have, well, like, someone taught me that yeah. sometime Thanks for teaching in me my that. life. <laughs> and no, that's great. I love when the scripture is like, yeah. Yeah. And so that's all there. These are the yeah. categories of things that draw yeah. us away from the Father, that put us into um, that well, you see after that, there's the community, there's separation between Adam and Eve and the Father, yeah. there and, and the Trinity, I should say, and and it's just sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is sin, right? Mm-hmm. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride in life. Yeah. So this is cool. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? No, mm-hmm. like um, not on that. I gotta take that in. I have <laughs> I have more thoughts. Um, like yeah, go for ahead. further on, but like I'm just taking that in. Like that's um, it's. We haven't changed at all. Like, I know. Like, yeah, and That's, so we see that in the in the second and second chapter was it chapter? Oh no, third chapter, right? Yeah. It's like ah, we're still we're still um, tempted away by those things. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and I love that idea of like because I've also wondered that why did God say that the one tree? And it's because in in light of like true relationship with Him and true devotion, like that was that's the only way it could have happened, right? Otherwise. We, if there's if no one else, yeah. to, if nothing else to love, then we're forced to love God. It's not real love, <laughs> yeah. right? Just like love so, by default. Yeah, I mean, like my husband chose me. I chose him. That's kind of special. But like, you know, if there were another, no, there weren't yeah. any other options. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about that. But, How yeah. about your kids? My kids, yeah. They kind of have them. to love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that actually, because right. how do we apply this to like what is God saying? Because when I was meditating on this, I was God. What's the word for the church? Hmm. Like, what does this yeah. mean for community and for the church? And um, yeah, so on that, like sometimes you don't get to choose who's mm-hmm. in your family, right? right? You don't get to choose who you love. Um, but if we keep going in verse seventeen, and it talks about like the world passing away and. Um, whoever does the will of God abides forever. Like mm-hmm. I was like thinking about that. Um, what does it mean to like live forever? And so the, the kind of word that I got from God was, well, like you are going to live together forever. And that was a period. You like you and your brothers and sisters are going to live mm-hmm. together forever. And so it's like if you really like don't just let that slip through your mind, but actually think about that. What does that mean? I'm going to live with someone forever in eternity forever like it kind of will change the way you relate to that person or how you handle like it has implications for everything like and um eternal life like it doesn't i think previously or in history people have viewed it as like something that begins 
in the future. Right. Like when I die, they misinterpreted the mm-hmm. scriptures and, but Jesus is clear. Like it's like, it's starting, it starts now. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you think about things with an eternal perspective, it changes everything today. Right. Yeah. So, um, this also echoed second Corinthians four, um, which talks about, I was about, just going to bring that up. Okay. Why don't nice. you, let's, let's go to, let's go to let's it. Go. It's, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite passages and all of scripture. Yeah. This is also yeah. one of my favorite passages. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so oh, it's like the whole, I mean, the whole chapter is good, but I, I was, know can you, you pick right? where to start. I just have these two, the last couple of verses. I you, mean, you pick where to start. Go. It's just start at chapter one verse. No, I'm just, <laughs> um, well, we'll, we'll start at verse seven. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Let's start at verse six because it actually corresponds with what we talked about last, what, what Jamie and I talked about right. last week. It flows out, out of that. Darkness, yeah. He talks about, yeah, let the light shine out of the darkness that has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So mm. it's kind of the same thing as going on in 1 John here. And then verse 7, but we have this treasure. What treasure? People are like, well, what does that mean? Well, the immediate antecedent to that is this light that is shining out of the darkness. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. And then he talks about this, this suffering. We're yeah. afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And it's showing us this temporal nature of it. Yeah. Because we're always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in your body. So he's saying... We're dying to ourselves. Jamie yeah. and I talked about that last week. We're dying to ourselves. We're living sacrifices, according to Romans 12. We are putting ourselves on the altar. Um, we are, what, what, what Jesus says, we're laying our lives down from one another. Yeah. Greater love has no man in this than he lays life down for his, for his brother, uh, for his friends. So uh, we're doing that, Paul says. So the life of Jesus may also be manifested. For we who live are always being given over to death. For Jesus' sake, so that life of Jesus may be manifest in mortal flesh. Mm-hmm. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And then he starts to like bring it home. You want to keep on going? Sure, keep going. Yeah. All right. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe. So we also speak. Oh my gosh, guys, we can do a whole thing on that. Yes. We should cover this passage one day. In another, in another <laughs> we should, we should. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's like, um, those of you, I mean, just those of you who have an issue with sharing your faith, it's like, well, no, we believe, so we also speak. Anyways, well, there's so many implications there. Knowing that he who raised Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. That's what you're talking about. This, so we start in this eternal perspective. Yeah. And I emphasize the E now because I did a sermon on this years ago, and the whole time, Someone thought I was saying internal perspective. Oh, no, And so no, no. since then I started saying eternal. Eternal Rather than eternal, which yes. is how I used to say it. Okay, Anyways, yeah, yeah. Internal, um, completely opposite direction. Of yeah, they're like, <laughs> eternal. Yeah, exactly. Eternal, outside of yourself. Yes. Um, knowing that he who raised Jesus, the Lord Jesus, will raise us also. So there's this eternal perspective that... Uh, we are going to be brought into his presence. And this is my verse here. This is the verse I see every day when I walk down stairs and I walk upstairs. It's the verse that is sitting right uh, under a globe by uh, my front door. Um, this is the verse 15 that God used to uh, ignite uh, my heart and Missy's heart for um, mission and for Toronto and and uh, so he says, for it is all for your sake, 
said, as grace extends to more and more people, I may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now mm. you take us home. Like this yeah. is like. So like, I mean, it's beautiful. Like what Jesus has done for us. And then um, this like eternal life that we begin and he's, like, oh, that's so beautiful. And then this is how it's applied. This is what it looks like. This is how you live it. Like, so it says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Yeah. So even the sufferings that we go through today, like it actually is so momentary. When you think of it in mm-hmm. that way, like suffering, when you don't know, if it's going to end, how long it's going to, like, how long it's going to be, it's brutal. But if you know, this is just momentary, yeah. like it, you can get through. And then it says, um, this is the application. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yeah. So I have this like story um, when I was in um, high school. So I have glasses. Oh. And uh, yeah, I have glasses <laughs> and I had, I had them since fourth grade, but I really only wore them when I had to look at the chalkboard and put them on. Right. And then I'd put them back in my backpack, whatever. Something happened between eighth grade and ninth grade that summer. My eyes like got worse. So ninth grade, first day of high school, I was like, I'm not wearing my glasses. So I took them off and I was walking down the halls and everything <laughs> was fine. And I could not find my locker because oh. I could not read the numbers on the lockers. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, man, I wish I had my glasses. And I, I left them at home. So then I started wearing my glasses every day from that point. <laughs> and when I did that, I was like, oh, I can see everything clearly. <laughs> I see. Yeah. And I was like, why did I live like that? Why did yeah. I only wear my glasses when I had to see the board? Right. Like, and I started noticing. Wow. Yeah. So I think like that's how we live. We focus so much on the, the temporal things. They become idols to us. Our desires go there. We miss what is eternal like what is that's so much greater and more beautiful and um yeah yeah, so i think about that so yeah like that has implications for relationships right like my kids are on loan to me they don't belong to me Mm -hmm. like so how am i going to raise them right to be to 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 think in an eternal way to have that eternal perspective um my marriage like we're not going to be i don't think we're going to be married in heaven like i think Um, there's scriptures about that like it's like so how I live my marriage today, it matters because there's an Im- eternal implication for that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, Re- yeah. That's reconciliation. So we just like, oh, you know, yeah. reconciling with people like we're going to be with that person forever. If they're a believer, if they're like a follower of Jesus. So. Or if you're a believer. Or if I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because because uh, Jamie and I had talked before. If you harbor hate in your heart, John just said, well, love of the father is not in you. So you aren't in the light. So if you do want to be with that person forever, you may want to reconcile now. Yes. Um, there, there's there's yeah. huge implications for that. Totally. And talk about a light momentary affliction that you get to show grace. And it may be hard to show grace, but it's a light momentary affliction that prepares for you in an eternal mm-hmm. weight of glory beyond all comparison. And And the imagery in here in verse 17 is... The world is passing away along with its desires. So if you are in love with those desires, if you're chasing those desires and it's passing away, you are literally running after those things as they are passing away to try to hold on to them. And you're distancing yourself further and further and further and further away from the Father, Mm -hmm. from the love of Christ. 
and you're chasing after these things as they're as they're fading yeah as they are just temporal ephemeral going away and the things of eternity are right before you and you're missing those things Mm -hmm. and so forever there's a forever aspect with hey if you're in love with the ways of this world god's like we'll have them Mm -hmm. like go ahead chase after them those things are going to disappear one day you'll look up and your hands will be empty because there'll be Mm -hmm. nothing left because the things of eternity are here and they're here to stay and we can build into them now. Yeah. Um, I love this eschatological perspective. So a perspective on the end times that what we build, and I think 1 Corinthians 3 affirms this Mm -hmm. among other passages, but what we build now that is of eternity, Mm -hmm. of the kingdom of God, will not be burned up in the end. Mm -hmm. The hay, the stubble, the Mm -hmm. chaff, all that is going to be burned up. But if we build things that are of an eternal nature now, Mm -hmm. they will last into eternity. So we are, we're building the eternal world right now with God. We're co-creators. We're being fruitful. We're we're multiplying. We're taking authority and dominion in in the biblical sense, not in like the dominion theology sense. Uh, But we are exercising his sovereignty over this world. And it is, it is beautiful. But if you are caught in chasing the things that are of the darkness, that are of the world, that are fading fast, then you're going to look up and... There's going to be nothing there for you to hold yeah. on to. Like, does that not excite you? Yeah. Like, we get to participate in that. Like, there's a song, Switchfoot song, and it's called Where I Belong. It's like one of my favorite songs. Mm. And there's a line like, I still believe we can live forever. You and I, we begin forever now. And so if you think wow, about that, yeah. like, when you w- awaken to that as a, a Christian, like, we are doing now, we're, we're, we're building into forever, yeah. like, together. Like, that's, it's instead of just waiting for like, and what yeah. are we really waiting for? Are we actually going off? You know, I think about the narrow gate as well, yeah. like that passage. Like, are we on the, the wide road or the, going through the narrow gate? So, yeah. Gosh, that's so with God forever. Like, just think about our relationship. Yeah. Like, this is the beginning of forever in this. our relationship. Yes. Like, we've yeah. had 10 years together. Yeah. And we got infinity mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so amazing. And yeah. we get to build things that are going to last forever. That are going to last forever. Yeah. That are ah, going to just pass away. So good. Yeah. I hope that excites you guys. I hope you're like pumped up about that. You get to co-create with God, build things forever. Those people who are in your R3 right now, you can start building a relationship with them that lasts forever into eternity. Mm-hmm. And so reconciliation is key there. Grace is key. Forgiveness is key. Love and serving and kindness and the fruit of the spirit is key. And mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to live one another forever. And mm-hmm. it's just an amazing thing that God has given us in this temporal fading world in order to establish his kingdom here on earth. Mm-hmm. So let's pray. Father, thank you. We are just so unworthy to be able to build into your kingdom forever. Ah, And we can't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. You've given us what we need to do it. And I pray that our church would see that, that our church would see all the good things that you've given them to build into their neighborhoods, their workplaces, their marriages, their singleness, their children, their sports teams, when they go out to a restaurant, when they buy things. Mm. In every decision in their life, may they see and know this eternal perspective, may it guide them through 
all things, all circumstances for your glory. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.